0: I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. The world is full of unseen forces. Let me be your guide as we lift the veil and peer into the face of the unknown. This is The Majors Well, your one one guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey Majors, welcome back to the show. This week is the season finale, and I will be returning in the summer on August 4th. But if you still need the majors well in your life, I'm going to be uploading bonus episodes onto my Patreon. Which you can access in the episode description. Last week, I covered the origins of the Phoenix on there, which went down really well, and I've got some good ones lined up. Today, we're going to be looking into Astral Projection. But before we dive in, a shout out to my Patreons. To my sugarpot majors, InezTP. Jen G, Jennifer H, Marie C, Mary W, MazeCat79, Praxie O, Rachel G, and Yolanda V. And to my Midnight Majors, Alex J, Andrew F, Erin R, Caryle, Ruth B, Shirley F, and Stephanie M. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Now, let's look into Astral Projection. I want to start off with a bit of a disclaimer, there is a lot of conflicting opinions about astral travel and projection, simply because it's a very subjective experience, and everyone has a different experience to some level. Whether or not it's totally safe is one area that is particularly debated about. Personally, I think it's safe as much as the user takes precautions. Day to day, we carefully cross roads, we wear a coat to protect us from the cold, we avoid things that cause us harm, we take precautions to ensure our well-being. The same needs to happen when we're projecting. It's not inherently safe, nor is it inherently dangerous. I don't want to scare people and put them off, but it is something to bear in mind. I think it's as safe as stepping out your door... now. As I started getting into spirituality, when I was 16, projection and past life regression were some of the things that were often talked about in the groups that I was in. Past life regression was something that, yeah, I found interesting, but in regards to astral projection, I didn't really see the point of it. So I want to start off with what actually is astral projection and why do it? You may have heard of astral projection, out-of-body experiences hedge walking, lucid dreaming. These are all closely connected, but they do differ. I'm gonna start with lucid dreaming because it's the easiest and doesn't really relate to astral projection. So lucid dreaming is where you are aware that you're actually dreaming. And over time, you can train yourself to actually take control of your dreams and they feel incredibly vivid and real. The other three, that of astral projection, outer body experience, and hedge walking. They refer to when the spirit or the consciousness has left the body. It's essentially detached from it. Now, from my understanding, astral projection and outer body experiences are essentially the same thing. New Agers tend to go with astral projection, which can also be called soul walking, while scientists tend to use outer body experiences. This area of study was, and still is to an extent, a pseudoscience, and from my understanding, scientists adopted the more clinical name of Outer Body Experiences, or OBEs, from which I'm going to use from here on out, to give it more credibility. There's some who make the slight distinction that astral projection tends to be planned, whilst OBEs are spontaneous. They can happen near death, during childbirth is quite common, and it's thought there could be a way to deal with trauma. I think I might have actually had an OBE when I was a child. I was knocked down by a double-decker bus. It's always a fun one to throw into Two Truths and One Lie at parties. And I think I came out of my body, and actually watched in third person, this bus come at me and hit me. But again, I'm not too sure, and fun fact about me. It can happen spontaneously, in meditation as well, or in deep sleep, and also self-initiated, where you actively seek it out and practice steps to achieve it as well. In astral projection, and with OBEs, the spirit stays on this plane, or the astral plane, which some describe as a different layer of existence, whereas in hedge walking, a term often used within witchcraft, and particularly by hedge witches, those who heavily work with the home and plants. So, hedge walking is also travel to the upper world and the underworld as well. It essentially grants more freedom. From my understanding, hedge walking is similar, if not the same, to shamanic journeying, depending on the traveller's background, the spiritual path they align with, and if they've had shamanic training. Confused? Let's do a brief rundown. We've got the scientific OBEs and the New Age's astral projection, where consciousness or spirit leaves the body and stays on this plane. We've also got hedgewalking or shamanic journeys, where consciousness or spirit leaves the body, but it can travel to the different planes. So, within today's episode, my focus is going to be on how to leave the body generally. Where you decide to go afterwards is down to you, and I'm going to use the term astral projection as like an umbrella term. Why do you want to do this? What's it going to do? Well, it can bring about healing, not necessarily on a physical level, but more on an internal one. Think of shadow work. People use it to seek out knowledge. It can be used for divination. You can also use it to connect to your ancestors. It can also help people if they're fearful around the idea of dying and death. Some find comfort in the confirmation that the soul can leave the body and there's actually a level of consciousness around that. But most users report a profound deepening of their spirituality and their understanding around it. Let's briefly look into the history of astral projection. The ability to leave the body has been practiced by many cultures throughout the world and crops up in religious texts, such as the Quran and the Hindu scriptures. It's also thought that the Egyptians were familiar with it as well, and the soul, or Ba as they called it, is often depicted leaving the body within Egyptian artwork. The hammerval in the Icelandic poetic Edda of the 13th century also talks about astral projection. Quote, If I see the hedge riders magically flying high, I can make it so they go astray, of their own skins and of their own souls sounds a tad malicious. I'm gonna cover protection while you travel later on. Generally speaking the concept is pretty old and it's pretty widespread. Now the actual term of astral projection came about in the 1890s with Madame Blavatsky and her founding of Theosophy, an occult movement that is still active today. They weren't being scientifically studied until the end of the 1960s One big breakthrough did take place in the 1980s. Neurosurgeon Olaf Blanke was trying to treat a woman with epilepsy. He had to locate where the source of the seizures were coming from. In order to do so, he inserted a number of electrodes into the brain, allowing him to stimulate different areas. The patient was awake because he needed her to communicate her experience. When he stimulated the temporal parietal junction, an area just behind the ears, She reported feelings of sinking and falling, and also floating towards the ceiling. He was able to deduce that this area of the brain is responsible for astral projections, or OBEs. This part of the brain also governs the sense of self, and it's where the body's schema is monitored. This is how the brain keeps track of what the body is doing, and where we are in relation to things. If this area is disrupted with electrical impulses, we can understand why the woman with epilepsy was having these strange bodily sensations. Recent research hints that those who regularly experience projection, or OBEs, actually may have more of a capacity for empathy, which is thought to stem from the idea that, in travelling from the body, it literally allows for different perspectives, which is also linked to this area of the brain. I think you could expand on this idea and possibly say that it influences the individual's perspective of themselves, as well as their body image, as this is the area of the brain that also governs this. Jane Aspel, a cognitive neuroscientist at Cambridge's Angelia Ruskin University, believes, quote, by stimulating it, the temporal parietal junction, you can use it to behave abnormally so any kind of abnormal activity in this area can give rise to an outer body experience. Another test in 2014 in the University of Ottawa's School of Psychology. A woman who could astral project was put into an fMRI machine. She was guided in astral projections and told to move her bodies in certain ways within the projection. Her brain lit up in connection with the motion she was told to follow. There is so much debate whether or not projection is legit because it's so subjective and anecdotal. But that doesn't stop scientists and the curious trying to experiment with it. A simple test to see if you are susceptible to astral travel is called the pattern glare task. It's simply staring at a specially created image and seeing what your eyes interpret. I've actually put one onto the Majors well Instagram with instructions in the caption on how to do this. The test basically reveals if you have an excitable brain, which goes hand in hand with astral projection. It's also thought that some animals may have the ability to project as they have very similar brain structures to us, chimpanzees in particular are marked as candidates, and they're said to experience astral projection as well as spiritual experiences generally. Primate researcher Jane Goodall noted that they dance in a trance-like state after heavy rains. Sounding a lot like some shamanic rituals around the world. What are the stages of astral projection? It's thought there's generally four stages. The first is the vibrational stage, where your body vibrates or feels numb or tingles. A lot of people going into projection report a buzzing or a static sound as well, which scares some and it's completely normal. Though, we're not entirely sure what this noise is or why the vibrations can happen. You can also feel movement. So, I often can feel movement when I meditate on my bed. And it basically feels like the bed has moved up the wall and onto the ceiling. Regardless of what you experience, whether it is the vibration, or the buzzing, or the motion, you want to focus on that sensation and try to stay calm. Once you have this feeling throughout your body, We're going to enter the separation stage. Think of something or somewhere you want to go that is familiar and visualize you going to it. We want to separate our mind from our body and not think of our body because then we sever that connection and we'll be pulled back into it. There's the exploring stage, where you can go off to different places. I'd keep it really simple and basic at first, while you just find your feet. And then there's the returning stage. Thinking of your body, closing your eyes for a prolonged period of time, these things will start to put you back into your body. You might return with a sudden jolt for the first few times that you do it. What are some of the techniques? I'm going to talk you through a few of them. So, the body needs to be totally relaxed and our minds, they need to be active and aware. We need to be in a strong routine with sleeping and making sure that we sleep enough and deeply. If you struggle with sleep, you could take magnesium baths, a mineral that the western diet largely lacks and aids with sleep. You could drink cherry juice which contains melatonin, this is gonna help. Having strong boundaries when you fall asleep and when you wake up. No screens two hours before sleeping. Sleep in a dark room, as dark as you can get it. There's countless hypnosis videos around sleep on YouTube. There's loads of simple and achievable steps you can take. Try and incorporate some of them for a week and just see how you feel. Essentially, to astral project, we're gonna start going into trance. Check out my episode on trance to learn more. I've got an oil blend that's designed to take you into trance and I've got a guided trance meditation on my Patreon as well. So you wanna relax as deeply as you can and when you think you've reached the limit, you wanna go deeper and focus on the dark space behind the eyes. You may start to see things and feel them too. Don't judge, just go along and don't become distracted by them. We need to stay alert. You might start to see flashes of light, feel vibrations or a buzzing sensation. This is all normal, it's normal if you don't. We wanna get into this first stage of projection, this feeling the vibration. This can come up naturally or you can try and bring this about once you're in a deep enough state. So to bring it about, you wanna start to see ocean waves rolling through your body. And you need to imagine as best you can what that feels like. I wouldn't necessarily say focus on the other sensations, like seeing it or hearing it or smelling it. It's the feeling, it's the motion and feeling the motion that we wanna really visualize and really hone in on. And when you are comfortable visualizing this, you want to speed up the waves so that there is a constant motion and you can constantly feeling it going through you. And then once the vibrations kick in, we need to visualize leaving the body either by floating or dissolving. There's there's loads of different ways to do this. One particular way is called the rolling out method. You wanna imagine yourself slowly rocking side to side. Again, this idea of focusing on the motion. Each time, the rocking gets a bit stronger, and a bit stronger, and a bit stronger, and in speed and strength. As this builds up, it gets to a point where you actually roll out of your body. Now, personally, I found the rocking technique quite difficult. It's hard to visualize, at least for me. Try doing it physically, this side-to-side motion, before you start to meditate, just so you can get a feel of the sensations because we need this visualisation to be as realistic as possible without physically moving. This is one method. Another one is called the wake back to bed method. Due to the cycles in the body and sleep patterns, you increase your chances of success by doing this at 4 till 6am. This is typically when we enter REM, rapid eye movement. So we want to set our alarms and wake up, and for 10 to 30 minutes, we want to get out of bed and do something, move around. But if you can, avoid switching on lights, and avoid using screens. Because this is going to affect the melatonin production, and it might make it harder for your body to fall back asleep. You could also try sleeping on the sofa, or another room, to try and break this association that your mind is falling back to sleep. You could also lie down in a position that you don't normally sleep in. And in case you're a little bit confused, we want the body asleep and the mind awake, and you can actually use that as a mantra while you meditate. Also, affirm to yourself that you will astral travel. And then try fall asleep. The conditions that we've been working on, this idea of getting up early, of moving around, setting this affirmation for the brain, it should keep your mind awake. Although that might take a little bit of practice. And when your body falls asleep, you should enter sleep paralysis. This is a perfectly normal state. It's where the brain effectively freezes the body so you don't act out on dreams. We wanna be in this frozen state. And then we can use the rope technique where you imagine using a rope to pull yourself out of your body. Or you can climb a ladder or you can use a swing. Whatever one you try, again, it's the sensation of the motion that it produces that we really want to focus on. The vibrations will start through your body, keep focusing on the sensation of climbing a ladder or a rope, the vibrations will continue until you separate from your body. I've tried this technique and I like it, but I find it a little bit hard to induce the sleep paralysis. There's just a level of anticipation in it for me. What I've been doing is listening to a guided meditation or a hypnosis to get my body into a relaxed state so it can enter paralysis. These are two of the main methods, but there are loads. I'd say try them for a reasonable period of time, I'd say about two weeks for each one, and then maybe research other techniques if they're not working for you. Tips and tricks, do's and don'ts. You can place Mugwort around your bed, and you could also drink it, but be careful, it can be toxic to the liver in high doses. You could also add mullen in, this helps ward off negative entities. You could hold Jasper in your hand while you meditate, it has strong connotations with astral travel. You could also place it under your pillow. Other good crystals would be Labradorite, Ametrine, Phantom Quartz, Black Tourmaline, that's more for protection. Lapis is also good as well. You could grind cinnamon, mugwort and sandalwood into a fine powder and then mix that with arrowroot powder before sprinkle it onto your sheets. This is said to aid in astral projection as well. Get your protection game strong and protect yourself before you do any sort of traveling. I'd be tempted to call on a protective powerful deity or your protective spirit guide or guides. Check out my episode on spirit guides for more info. And I'd also have a strong practice of grounding yourself, too. And I'd do it before and after projecting. When you come back, ground and write down what you've experienced, even if it's the smallest thing. Let's say you reach the vibrational stage, write it down. I'd maybe have a journal dedicated to astral projection. If you feel off or like you've brought something back, not a common thing, but it can happen, Do a cleanse, richly bathe, banish, whatever protective method that you take that works for you. Also, only do astral projection if you really want to, and if you feel good about it. There are so many views whether or not astral projection is safe, with some saying if you are at a low vibrational frequency, you'll attract more negative entities to you. I don't know if I'm fully on board with that, it's got subtle undertones of toxic positivity under there for me, but could be something for you to bear in mind, see what you think. Some hold the view that when astral projection isn't done with the correct intention, or if it's spontaneous, it can cause individuals to disassociate, and this usually occurs within trauma as a defence mechanism, so intention is really important going into it. I intend to astral project, and then once you're in the astral projection, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? It also isn't advisable to try this if you've got severe depression or psychosis. Try not to attach meaning or analyse what you experience as you're trying to project, and try to have as little expectation as possible. It's thought that our shamanic ancestors would project into the form of an animal to receive its protection and to take on those qualities, it can also help with where you actually want to go. Throughout many cultures, the worlds are split into three. The upper world, the middle and the underworld. It may be easier to get to the underworld as a snake and the upper world as an eagle. If this is something that interests you, I'd say build a relationship with these creatures. Work with them prior to travel to create a bond with them. And also make sure the creatures are local. They're going to have more of a power and a more of a sway with you. The astral world also reacts to feelings and intention. With our world, the ability to manifest has a time delay. In the astral world, things happen a lot quicker. This is useful to know in order how to operate within the astral world. I'd say that patience and practice is key, and it's a skill that needs to be honed and practiced regularly. Also, try draping a cloth over your eyes. This will allow you to go deeper into the experience and give you more control over the light entering your eyes. Once you do get into the projection, don't close your eyes for a prolonged period of time, because that can trigger you to take you back to your body, unless you want to go back to your body. There's some who report that their experiences tend to be more intense within five days of a full moon, so I would definitely experiment with this and see how it impacts on your practice. Also, facing east or the head pointing north is said to be helpful. It's possible to have sex with others on the astral realm, but the energy exchange is more potent, so I'd say be choosy with who you're going to get naughty with. Some have reported creating sigils in the areas that they've travelled to in order to make future trips easier and more channeled. I think this would be wonderful to do once you achieve projection for the first time to try and make the second time more easier and a little bit more honed. You could maybe think of this sigil as you're experiencing the vibrational or the buzzing stage. I haven't been able to project out my body yet. I've gotten to the vibrational stage, but each time I do, I get really excited and promptly the vibration stops. I think anyone can learn this skill and the main things to have to experience projection is effort, You've got to have an open mind and you have to practice. Keep your expectations in check. It's a process, like learning to walk. If you use a technique and it's not working after you've tested it out, find another. There's loads out there. It's also a really fine line, trying to stay awake to do it and trying to relax your body so it falls asleep. Also, just a little bit of a warning. Astral projection is big business. There are loads of guides, books, music. It can be really expensive and there's a lot of rubbish information out there. Try to have some awareness around it and to not be sucked in by it. I think, yeah, there's some amazing teachers out there but there's also a lot of rubbish ones as well. I've tried to do research as broadly as possible from research papers to people trained in astral projection to forums on astral projection, but because it's so difficult to objectively prove it, there's loads of misinformation out there and people claiming to have vast amounts of knowledge on it, which is very dubious in some cases. For me, astral projection, out body experiences, Call it what you like. They suggest that life, in adverted commas, carries on after death, that the body is a shell that can be stripped away and our consciousness carries on. Science is taking an interest in this area and it's become a frontier to tame and explore. Could you imagine if astral projection was acknowledged and accepted on a scientific as well as a societal level? and also if it was practiced throughout society. I wonder how that would impact on our relationship to death and our grasp on reality and what it actually means to have a physical body. It raises interesting questions. If the soul is able to leave the body, and we have the ability to actively control this, why were we put into a physical body in the first place? It essentially traps us and limits our experience. Could Astral Projection be the next step in our evolution as a race? And majors, that's it. That's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path, and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content. You can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Majors Well community, as well as being in the communal sugar pot spell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Majors Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends about the show please get in touch with anything you wish to share at themageswell at gmail.com and you may just get featured. A big thank you to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. The poem this week is A Dialogue Between the Soul and the Body by Andrew Marvel. Soul Oh who shall from this dungeon raise a soul enslaved so many ways? With bolts of bones that fettered stands, in feet and manacled in hands, here blinded with an eye, and there, deaf with the drumming of an ear, a soul hung up as t'were in chains, of nerves and arteries and veins, tortured, besides each other part, in a vain head and double heart. body. Oh, who shall me deliver whole, from bonds of this tyrannic soul, which stretched upright impales me so, that my own precipice I go, and warms and moves this needless frame. A fever could but do the same, and, wanting where its spite to try, has made me live to let me die. A body that could never rest, since this ill spirit is possessed. Soul, what magic could me thus confine, with another's grief to pine, where whatsoever it complain, I feel, that cannot feel, the pain? And all my care itself employs, That to preserve which me destroys, Constrained not only to endure, Diseases, but what's worse, the cure, And ready off the port to gain, Am shipwrecked into health again. Body, but psychic yet, could never reach, The maladies thou me dost teach, Whom first the cramp of hope does tear, And then the palsy shakes of fear, The pestilence of love does heat, Or hatred's hidden ulcers eat, Joy's cheerful madness does perplex, Or sorrow's other madness vex, Which knowledge forces me to know, And memory will not forego, What but a soul could have the wit, To build me up for sin so fit, So architects do square and hew Green trees that in the forest grew. Peace out, witches. Season 3 starts on August 4th. Get ready.